You put your all into delivering quality and value on time. And when your customer doesn't pay, it doesn't just hurt your feelings. It hurts your business. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect overdue receivables fast and treat your customers with respect. Go to MetCredit.com to get started. MetCredit, we get it. This is Overdue Advice, the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. Brought to you by MetCredit. Everybody pay up. Welcome to Overdue Advice. I'm your host, Andrea Schwabe. Overdue Advice is sponsored by MetCredit. MetCredit is Canada's leader in the ethical recovery of accounts receivable. They're debt collectors, and they're good at it. If you ask three economists for their opinion, you'll get four answers. You know, is the economy up? Is it down? The Conference Board of Canada is projecting the economy will grow just 2% this year, and it'll do about the same or slightly worse next year. It's not like the economy is doing great to start with, but the economic picture is kind of murky for next year. The Conference Board also says it expects consumer spending to slow due to high housing prices and household debt. Interest rates might even put more of a downward pressure on the economy. Meanwhile, the Business Development Bank of Canada says entrepreneurs can take advantage of conditions to grow their businesses, but that's at the same time the International Monetary Fund's growth prediction for Canada is about a third of a percent lower than the Conference Board of Canada's expectations. So it just gets complicated. Then you throw in provincial and federal regulations, government scrambling to address what we could politely call an oil distribution problem in the West. It's just not clear. So today on Overdue Advice... Five critical debt collection tips for surviving an economic downturn. And with us again today is Brian Sommerfeld, the president and CEO of MetCredit. So, like, first, tell me what you see in the economy. Like, is it up or is it down? It's down. Across the board? Uh, I would say 80% of the uh, industries in in Alberta, because we are oil and gas. Right, yeah. um, You're going to have some issues, yes. How about BC? BC is doing a little better than us. That's because they've got a lot more greener type industries out there that they can rely on. I would say the the, the two that are having a little bit more of an issue are, are Alberta and Saskatchewan because they're more cl- closely tied to that, in, that first industry. To oil, yeah. Uh, you have offices in Toronto, Montreal as well. How's, uh, how's sort of lower Ontario? Oh, they're doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. The only area in, in Ontario that's going to be Having an issue is the manufacturing area. There's a lot of uh, um, car, like uh, Ford. Ford's uh, shutting a plant yeah. down. And, it was Oshawa, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah Oshawa. Yeah. yeah, that was. Ugh. I mean, when you think about the the amount of people that walk into that plant every day, and then just wa- having them walk out and they never go back, I, I just can't imagine what that does to a city. Kills it. Yeah, you like know. when when things like that happen, do you actually see a bump in collections? Not immediately, but, uh, you know, a couple months later, you're going to have people that are going delinquent and uh, eventually those are going to go into collection. Yeah. That's tough stuff. How about Quebec? You got a Montreal office? Quebec, they're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different animal though. It it is a different animal. Um, We don't really have up and downs out there. It's kind of steady, steady course, status quo. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Um, does, does the current economic situation feel familiar or is this sort of a new thing? 
Because it seems to, like, just everything feels kind of weird politically and sort of around the world geopolitically. Is, is this a familiar sort of economic picture or is this something new? I, I think for an older generation, it's probably full cycle. Yeah. Um, for myself and my business, we're probably the busiest the, that we've ever been. Really? Yes. So you just, it's peak, peak time. Yeah, lots of collection wow. business being assigned to our office. We, we don't really need salespeople right now. We have more business than we can handle. Really? Yeah. So just sign those contracts and get going. Absolutely. Giddy up. Oh, really? Wow. That's interesting. So are you having a hard time hiring at all? Recruitment is obviously a big factor on handling that. Yes. Where are you uh, shortest? I have to say Edmonton office. Oh. Our head office. Okay. Yeah. You know, keeping in mind it's our largest facility too. So a lot more space. Yeah. You have room to put a lot more bodies. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to probably have an episode on on recruiting too, we I think someday. Are. Get some staff in here talking yeah. about you. Um, so you've got five, five. Um, they're not sort of ironclad, but you've got these five things that businesses can do to kind of deal with and protect their business during a downturn. And the first thing is something we talked about last time, which is contract. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's not just uh, during the down economy either. It's any any economy, but in particular, they want to zone in on these areas when we are having uh, some struggles. And it, how it starts first is uh, is making sure that you've got a proper contract. Um, See, and I like I I kind of get the resistance to contracts. So I'm doing a speaking engagement in May, and I have to sign a contract. And it, the details in there are just so. I mean, you look at contracts a lot the details in there are so onerous and kind of don't they trust me? You know, like there's that sense of what, you know, why don't they trust me kind of thing. And this is really demanding and it, it imposes so much on me. You have to resist that. Yeah. You want the work. You got to give them information. You. Well, you know what? Yeah. I, it's one of those strange things. Like, so what do you, what, what are the most important things to include in a contract? Well, it's not just the deliverables. Um, it's, you're going to talk about a statement of work, payment and terms, penalties for non-payment. You know whether it's a flat uh, administrative fee or uh, interest uh, Here, accrued monthly. Here's a quick question: Is it good to have? So obviously, you want to have your terms and then penalties set. So you know, fifteen percent or twenty percent penalty if you know past due, and then sort of increases from there. Is it a good idea to have sort of increasing incremental penalties or? Most people are going to charge uh, generally two 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 percent per month uh, for interest charges on on uh, on, on late on late penalties. Beyond that, you just want to make sure that you've got a uh, a proper set of terms in regards to when it actually goes to the next stage, whether collection is necessary. Do you uh, help businesses sort of figure out what their terms should be? Because it's one of those things. I mean, certain industries. You know, you're, you're saying, and I think in a previous episode, it's 120 days, you know, in oil and gas. Oh, yes, but you're still going to invoice every 30 days. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the only industries that we've ever seen that have a very, very short cycle are the trucking industry and the food industry. Trucking, uh, probably because there's an enormous amount of money that they need to bring in quickly to, to look after for fuel. Right. And uh, on the food market... Uh, because food spoils. It's perishable, yeah. You, you can't return those rotten apples. Yeah. 
You can at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people do it weirdly. Uh, second second uh, thing you say you should do, require new customers to complete a credit application. Yeah. Um, if, well, if they want, they want credit, you want to get some details on what their current credit situation is. Uh, if it's a commercial company, who's the primary owners of the company, who's the directors in the company, who do they bank with? Um, who also is giving them credit, ask for references. How far, how far can you go in terms of getting detail on the, on? Most credit um, applications are a couple pages. Yeah. Yeah. What, but what, like if, if, if I'm, if, so you know, if for I'm instance, co- with their bank, they were going to ask them who their inst- institution is, uh, what their bank account number is, how many accounts they've got there, who their bank manager is, um, maybe cash flow projections, audited financial statements, those kind of things. Um, References is when they're going to be checking you out, maybe for a larger account, going to talk verbally to, to those people. Right. Um, the only other thing I would recommend is that when you're dealing with a, a credit application for a commercial company would be uh, two things. Um, sure, make sure that there's a personal guarantee on those principles. Right. So you're not just granting credit to that incorporation. Mm-hmm. Whole codes can come and go, and a lot of people pay, play that shell game. And if you've got that personal guarantee, then you've always got some recourse against the individuals. Right. Um, the second thing would be uh, making sure you've got some sort of form of security, a general security agreement on any present or future assets the corporation might have. Is it, uh, when is it advisable to, to pull a credit report on someone or on a business? Right, right at the application stage. Oh, do it, do it then as well. Right there. Yeah. Okay. How much does it cost to get a report? Oh, it's different uh, if you're going through Equifax or uh, Dern and Bradstreet. It could be anywhere from, and I, the costing for 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 ourselves are a lot cheaper. But if they're doing it on the on the uh, commercial side, probably forty five fifty dollars. Oh, that's Dern not too Bradstreet, bad. Bradstreet, closer to hundred dollars. Oh, that'll yeah, but that'll save you. F- but there's lots of details. Yeah, and yeah. that'll save you a lot of headaches later. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. get a really clear idea of what the history is and. You know, if you, there's you any could, bumps in the road, you could there. go to the credit application stage, pull a credit bureau on the corporation, and then decide not to grant credit to that person because of what's going on currently. Right. It's all about risk. Right. And that's, I think that's, you know, I've been engaged in business in one form or another, working for corporations of all kinds, from professional sport to, you know, post secondary education. And uh, things like credit reports aren't really common it's not something that you really ever see finance departments doing and you would think there'd be a lot more of it well i know that for our business you know a lot of times uh, it's just easier to set up a charge account and whether it's staples or ordering business cards or whatever stationary they'll ask for a credit application right yeah that makes sense gotta go through that process the single biggest cause of bad debt write-offs is procrastination with every day you wait, the chances of ever getting paid go down. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect business receivables fast. And if we don't succeed, you don't pay. Go to MetCredit.com and stop waiting for money you deserve. MetCredit, we get it. I, I think for, for some smaller and medium-sized businesses, it's sort of, a you know, there's that feeling of I don't want to offend my, my potential clients. And, and ultimately, you're doing everybody a favor because no one wants to have that relationship break down if, if, you know, debt becomes an issue. So I think the smaller the community, they're probably less likely to have that sort of thing. But uh, if you're in the city of Edmonton, Toronto, Vancouver, 
Montreal, you are definitely going to be asking for that. Your third tip for surviving an economic downturn is have a late payment procedure and act on it. And that's not something that actually occurred to me. So what kind of things are part of a payment procedure? Well, if you're net 30 and they've gone 31 days and you haven't received payment, that's a flag right there. It's the timing thing. It's It's just right now. Yeah. We talked about in our last episode, making sure you've got the technology to to warn that that time has come and gone. And and, uh, I still recommend that. Um, Get on the phone. Make sure somebody's giving them a call. Send them an email. Make contact some way. You know, if it's a, a, a type of business where you can walk into, send one of your people to the to the location. Sometimes that might shock you. You go to location and there's a close for business sign on the window. Okay, well <laughs> oh, then you know right away, there's yeah. your sign. <laughs> yeah. um, for for late payment procedure, you know, it's, it's always that timing thing. You just said, you know, get on it now. Have you ever worked with a company where they, they get some CRM software installed and it starts flagging and they start going, wow, suddenly we have a lot, like they just don't realize or didn't realize how many delinquent accounts they had. What happens all the time. Really? You know, and if they are a larger corporation, um, most banking uh, facilities, they're going to ask for that procedure to be given to them, uh, not just their audited financial statements. You want to see what they've got for receivables and payables and whether there's somebody that's looking after those sort of things. Right. And then the next stage, you know, if if suddenly there's that late payment flag, now we move on to don't accept excuses or stall tactics. That's the fourth thing to protect yourself. So how, I mean, especially for smaller and medium businesses, there's this desire, there's more often that personal connection and it's more that desire to be helpful and, and to help. Well, generally, if you're sending out, uh, let's say, notices, your your first notice is going to be a reminder notice. Maybe there was a legitimate reason why they forgot that first payment. Okay, give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, After that's done and and the payment still hasn't come, then there has to be some escalation. (laughs) Right. There's a reason why you didn't get paid, you know, and and you need to to find out what that reason is. Well, and the perception is often that, you know, I like that you use the term escalation because it's about asserting the responsibility of the debtor. And, um, it, you know, it strikes me that there's, you know, when, when you say escalation, other people are sort of hostile. It, it, they're thinking in terms of hostility, like we need to get more upset for, so they understand to pay. Well, you know, part of that is, uh, let, let's talk about escalation. So payment terms have come and gone. Well, maybe you're still granting credit. Maybe you're a lumber store and you're still got people coming in and, and taking out lumber. Right. Well, you, you might have to... Turn that that charge account off and let that staff know, uh, hey, folks, if you want something now, you're on COD. And by the way, you still have a an account that you've got to look after as well. So that flag might be stop the presses. Right. But in terms of stalling, like, you know, that it's so tough because that's, you know, just give me till Friday. You know, like. What's the significance of Friday? <laughs> you got to ask. So that's the question then. It's just, okay, so why Friday? Why not today? And you know, it's not simple. You know, a regular business owner is not accustomed or trained right. to ask those questions. And that's why eventually when you get to a point where there's nothing happening, it, it, it's time to send to a so collection you, agency you like ourselves. you guys have the tools and the tactics to do that. We do. Well, you and know, I, we've got the rebuttals. Uh, they're conditioned responses to deal with certain situations, to remind them that the owner's responsibility to pay that debt is theirs. 
Yeah. Not the creditor to go and chase them for it. And to get into scenarios where you can give them some solutions that are workable to look after that debt. One of my favorite responses that I heard from one of the collectors when I was on the floor uh, a while ago, just sort of learning what everyone was doing was, I appreciate that, ma'am. But, and then, so it was always, I appreciate that, but, and, and then just asserting the position again. And it was, it was amazing how they just wore the person. I, I couldn't hear the other end of the call, but you could tell they just wore the person down and they kind of went, okay, fine. I'll pay it today. You know, like there was this, oh, that's great. And we can help you with that. And, you know, it, it, it was a very different exchange than I expected. It's, it's one of our condition catchphrases. Um, acknowledging that you are listening to that person's situation, you're giving them a respect that they need. Yeah. Okay. But there is a difference between sympathy and apathy. And that's where that however, you still got to do this comes into play. Um, As we move on. So we've got, you know, someone stalling and you have the, I appreciate that, but, and we, we try to get them moving on. The last thing is always the same, and it's really kind of, it's sort of the first thing, which is just act now. Timing is everything. You know, don't delay. Um, we talked about it last episode. You got a couple more minutes in you on, on timing? Act, <laughs> act quickly. Yeah. Sense of urgency. Let's get on it. Yeah. You know, uh, and that, that means, uh, are you, re- you know, if you're a larger organization, reporting that account as a delinquent account, um, setting it into collections. Maybe if it's a larger organization, they're using a law firm because they're, they do have security and they're acting on the security before uh, the collection agency gets involved. But whatever that is, now's the time to do it. I kind of wonder if it wouldn't be helpful to sort of psych out small bu- or let small businesses psych themselves out in a way. Because if they treated the, the debt at the beginning the way they would after six months or even a couple months of, of not having that cash flow... I think it would be really different. It just, it always seems like, well, this is sort of, it's right now, this is a minor annoyance and a bug and it bothers me a little bit. In two months, it's really going to be an issue. But is it a matter of just adopting a different attitude right at the onset? Uh, Yeah, they always say, a picture says a thousand words and that's why we actually created the debt calculator uh, on our website. So, you know, those people that don't understand the concept of, time and, and aging and how a debt's value decreases very, very quickly. You know, they just simply plug in a dollar value, how, how many months or, or days are delinquent and, and see how far that's dropped. It's a big eye opener. So there's a bonus tip you've got too, which is to step back. So all situations are different and, you know, there's always a, the desire for customer retention and things like that. What do you mean by step back? Take a deep breath, sign the account to a collection agency, step away, allow them to do their job. This is what they do. This is what we do. In a case of a person coming back to that organization or that party that, uh, that's owed the money, just simply refer them to the agency. Don't get involved in that process. Don't allow it to be biased again. Allow the third-party psychology process to work the way it should. That's a big part of it is that psychology and just how it sort of wears people down. It's again, escalation can only happen when there's a third party involved. Right. Proper escalation. uh, If, if it can be said, I don't think it can, but if it could be said that there's an average collection issue, how soon 
should a business get a collection agency involved? And at what level of their revenue? Like at what, like, should it just be, just do it or don't have, you have one account that's go delinquent. You've got five accounts or you got 500. Okay. If it's due on the day 30 and it didn't get paid and you're going to send out a reminder notice and day 60 is actually where you send it to collections and day 61, you better make sure it's over with the collection agency. Okay. When I was a freelancer, I, I had some issues with collecting because you're a freelancer and you know, if you're doing it for a bigger client, sometimes they change the terms on you partway through and you feel pretty powerless. So if I, when I was a freelancer, could I have come to you and said, Hey, this guy's just stiffed me 5,000 bucks. Can you collect from him? Here's the information. Here's the contract. If they defaulted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We do it all the time. Really? So you would just take a cut of that and then I still get whatever you can recover. No collection, no charge. So we, we are paid a fee for collections. So even as small as a freelancer, like just a lone guy saying, this is going to kill me. Landscaper. Wow. Person that's creating a website, a writer. Remember, if you treat somebody with respect, you'll get it back. But going back to uh, making sure that the, the, the primary principles of the creditor are making the right decisions and using an agency that they've done some due diligence on. And then once they've done that, just let them do their job. Yeah. Get back into what they do for business, whether that's selling cars or, give, you know, lumber mill or writing. Exactly. Or well, I mean, looking for, after children for a daycare, do what you do best. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of the smaller the business, the more urgently you'd want to use a credit agency or a credit collector. I have work to do. I don't, I, yeah. I have nothing. Like if I'm not working, I'm not getting paid at all. So let's review everything. So the first thing was have a contract. Second was require new customers to complete a credit application. The three is to have a late payment procedure and act on it. Fourth, don't accept uh, excuses or stall tactics. And fifth, move quickly. And then if you, when you hire an agency, just step back is kind of the bonus thing. Of those five, which is the most important? Making sure you've got a late payment procedure and acting on it. Because that really guides everything it's else. It's the method. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you consult on that. You help companies figure out that kind of thing. Yes, we do. So they should just give you a shout then. When in doubt, give us a shout. Everybody pay up. That's it for this episode of Overdue Advice. Thanks to MetCredit President Brian Sommerfeld and thank you for listening. MetCredit is on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at MetCredit. Visit Brian's blog at blog.metcredit.com. It also includes some useful tools and calculators to assess your business debt risk if you want to do that. We also want to hear from you. Subscribe, like, or leave a review to the podcast or share it with a friend or business associate. It really does help others to find this you know, important information, ultimately. You can drop us a line at overdueadvice at metcredit.com. Overdue Advice is the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. Thanks for listening. I'm Andrea Schwabi. You run a business, you're successful. You don't wait for things to happen. You make them happen. So why aren't you collecting what's owed to you? The longer you wait, the less chance you'll ever see a cent. So call Met Credit. We're your local debt recovery team, serving businesses of all sizes since 1973. And don't worry, we play nice. We're here to uphold your reputation and relationships. And speaking of nice, if we don't collect, you don't pay. Zero risk. Get to know us for when you need us at metcredit.com.